Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. You know what that means. It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, and guess what? We have a very special guest host. My good buddy, Mr. Lenny Goldberg. Thank you for the introduction. It's good to be here. <laughs> Lenny, oh, I missed you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm in the Holy Land. I'm in the Shamron. I can't ask more, anything more than that. Baruch Hashem. Um, Lenny, so uh, let's uh, fill in some people. I will plug uh, your show. Lenny, if, 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 if our listeners aren't aware, uh, Lenny was discovered by me a few months ago, and he, I had him on as a guest host. He did so amazing that our producer decided to give him his own show on Israel News Talk Radio. It's called The Jewish Truth Bomb. It is an incredible show. I love it. I listen to it every week. And um, so I want everybody uh, to tune in to the Jewish Truth Bomb. And as well as uh, he also has his own uh, Lenny Goldberg's Bible study, correct? Bible classes. Oh, by, I'm sorry. Bible classes where you, you uh, currently right now you're going through the book of uh, Samuel. But before you did Kings 1 and 2, which that's how I found you. And uh, I listened to uh, Kings 1 and 2 uh, twice, actually. I went through it twice. And then uh, and now currently we're doing uh, the book of Samuel and it's incredible. And I highly recommend everyone check him out. You can find him on Spotify or just Google Lenny Lenny Goldberg uh, uh, Bible classes and uh, start following him because you will learn so much. Did, did, did I do good, Lenny? Yes, that was a good plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add about, you know, Jewish truth bomb? I mean, are you getting stopped on the streets of uh, Israel and people are asking for your autograph when you when you when you speak? They probably recognize your voice. No, you know, I don't know. I, I don't get any feedback whatsoever except for maybe three people. So I hope. But <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously. Oh, my God. Lady. And one of those three people is me, babe. That's right. And, and, I call uh, I wait, you every week. I wait for it because, but but I do see the the results. You know, Tomar shows me there are you know people are listening, so you know I understand. Um, not always people show their excitement, but I'm sure they're thrilled by my, the by the bombs that I'm dropping every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, because um, our show, our ratings, and we talked about this last week, uh, Roy and I, uh, the ratings of Lighten Up are dropping. We are losing viewers, and apparently the people have spoken. And we got some people right in this week, and apparently, Lenny, they want to hear more stuff about Israel and Jewish stuff and you know, and less about my uh, personal life. So uh, my viewers don't care about me. <laughs> You're telling me they don't care that you, had, you got a foot manicure and you like Barbara Streisand? That doesn't interest them? I, you, you would think. I, I think people would love that, and thank you for, for noticing that. I listen to you too. I it was the uh, it was the flag of Israel on my right toe. How is that not impressive for people? Oh. It's still on there too. It hasn't come off yet. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's say hello to our listeners, Lenny. Of course, as usual, the loyal United States of China, Israel. Oh my God, Lenny, the Ukraine is listening. Power is up. 
Wow. South Africa, Canada, Colombia. Oh, Japan. I love Japan. I spent a summer in Japan. The greatest people of all time. The Netherlands, Brazil, and India. All right. Thank you for your 7-Eleven, India. I love it. And Israel loves your 7-Elevens, too. Have you visited 7-Eleven yet since they've come to Israel, Lenny? Well, you know, I try to stay out of Tel Aviv as much as possible. And that's where the 7-Eleven is. And I try to avoid oh. Tel Aviv. Because, you know, I, I, I worked in Manhattan. And I had enough of that. So when I made Aliyah, I decided that, you know, when I get to Tel Aviv, it's like a carbon copy of Manhattan. I forget that I'm in Israel. So I kind of stay away from Tel Aviv. And I oh. always get traffic tickets there, always, because I'm not used to it. There's always these lanes. I come back from there with a ticket. So I try to stay away. But I, I don't know, 7-Eleven, just a convenience store. I mean, but it's, a, it's, it's an American thing. So people love it. They flock to it. It's, you know, Slurpees. Slurpee. The Indians love the Slurpee, and but apparently though it's every all Indians own it. Like they come over to this country and they have I don't know where they have so much money and they buy these franchises. These franchises cost like half a million dollars for one Seven Eleven. Where are these Indians getting this money from? It's fascinating. You, also, in my old neighborhood, all the candy stores that I used to go to. You know, we used to go to a candy store, get a lime ricky and egg cream. You know, I'm in mean, those days, but they're all taken over by Indians. In the 70s and the 80s, they bought they bought at all the candy stores as well. So, you know, they work hard. It's a family business. And just like the Chinese have all the laundry mats, you know, they work hard and uh, they're taking over the country. What do the Jews have? The Jews have the money. <laughs> oh, great. Why don't you put some more anti-Semitic tropes out there for everybody? Great, Lenny. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, someone's calling Lenny. That's all right. I'll... Oh, no. Tell your wife to leave you alone. You're on the air. Trying. Um, so how was your Shabbos, Lenny? Good? Oh, Shabbos. Yes, very nice. Bruch Hashem. Good. Very Good. nice. Um, if people don't know, Lenny is uh, lives up in the Shermrom, has a beautiful wife, and you have you have what, nine kids? You have like Eight a whole kids. baseball team. Eight kids. Eight so kids. with you and your wife, you have like a whole baseball team and a basketball team, five on five. That's right. And they all know how to play. That's great. I love that. You know, every Shabbat, we always have a bunch of Shiva guys come, which is fun, from B'nai Barak. All these kids, they go to Israel for a year, unfortunately, just to learn, and they usually go back, but they want they want to see something different, you know? They right. go, instead of staying in Jerusalem the whole, whole, whole time, so they come out to the Shabbat, and it's kind of fun, because we kind of indoctrinate them a little bit, you know, give them a little nationalist ideology to go along with the Torah they're usually using, so it's always fun with these guys, and... uh so every Shabbat, we got a lot of these guys coming to us. Awesome. I love that. I can't wait to join you in Shabbat soon. Soon I will be there to join you. I will come to your place, and, and we will have a good Shabbos dinner. Um, I wanted to say, so this week, uh, for all of our listeners, uh, we are celebrating Shavuot. And Lenny, since you are the foremost, uh, before we go on our first break, Lenny, you are the foremost like expert, uh, the Talmud Chachamin, if I'm saying that right, uh, on the Bible, on the Torah. So maybe you can explain to our listeners, our non-Jewish listeners, even our Jewish lesson listeners who may be secular, <laughs> what Shavuot is all about. What can we expect? Well, Shavuot is, is the holiday when the Torah was given. It was given on the 6th of Sivan, and so it's a holiday. And it's interesting because all the pilgrimage holidays, you have Sukkot, Pesach, and Shavuot. Those are the three pilgrimage holidays that everybody go to Jerusalem. But Shavuos is only one day. 
it doesn't have that many laws about it. You know, like in Passover, you have a ton of laws. And Sukkot, you have a ton of laws. But Shavuos, you know, you learn Torah all night. There's nothing special other than we receive the Torah. So it's a serious day. We learn all night. And, um, you know, there's a lot to it. But uh, that's a major holiday. And one of the – I have a little story. I wanted to prepare a new story that I connected to Shavuos, but it's kind of lighten up. It's kind of a lighten up story. Go for so it. I, th- I thought it kind of I thought from this we can have a springboard to Shavuos. So it's it was in the Times of Israel. That's uh, one of the uh, newspapers in Israel. The slot sometimes called the Slimes of Israel. And um, and the name of the uh, the name of the article is Am I an abomination? And it's about a homosexual kid. Hi oh! No, 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 it's about it's it's somebody writing about the fact that a lot of homosexuals when they when they uh they go to shul. And they read like verses like in the book of Leviticus that you shall not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. It is an abomination. Don't lie right. with don't don't lie with any animal. And so so it's connected to bestiality. And then the whole article here is how they try to reconcile somehow um, how the Torah how how can we how can we make these kids feel okay? Because you know that's their that's their um, orientation. And so what are we going to do? And so they want it, so they translate it differently, you see. So they try to make, what I'm trying to say is they make it palatable. I don't have much time here, we're running out. But I want to say, how is it connected to Chakish Force? Because the, the ultimate thing in Torah is to accept the yoke of heaven. You don't play games with it. If you see something in the Torah, it doesn't go along with your Western mindset, like homosexuality. Oh, yeah, woke. It doesn't go along with that. What are you going to say? The Torah is not woke. You got to accept the yoke of heaven. You got to decide, am I going to be a servant of God? Or going to be servant of the Western culture that I'm used to, and you got to choose. So this is just one example. There's many other examples. You know, let's say the Arab question. Oh, it's not nice. You're supposed to expel the Arabs from Israel. That's Jewish law. Oh, that doesn't that that goes against my grain. And see, so the whole thing of Sukkot is that Hashem said to us, "You shall do and you shall listen." He put the mountain over us to coerce us into accepting the Torah. What does that mean? That the Torah really is something that we don't decide what we want to do. God, it's God's law. So if we're deciding, you know, what is appropriate for us, then you don't need God. So this is just one classic example where you see that we've distorted the Torah and maybe on Chag the day of receiving Torah, we can get back to swallowing our egos, swallowing all these Western concepts we, we I have that might go against Judaism. The Bible has been around a lot longer than, you know, woke. So, right. you know, I'll put my money on the Bible. Right. Anytime. Wow. Lenny going off on a rant. So I guess uh, during when I stay up all night Thursday night and study Torah, I can't study Torah with a rainbow flag wrapped around me. <laughs> only if you're learning Pasha Noah and the rainbow came up there and uh, that's the only rainbow we know about. Wow. Look at Lenny. Look how quick you are. Attaching the rainbow flag with Parsha Noach. Lenny, you are a genius, brother. A genius. <laughs> no, listen, there's a lot of problems. When I was a little kid, if you told me, I wasn't religious. Oh, but wait, if you told hold me, on, hold on, Lenny, we got 15 seconds. Finish that thought when we get back. Okay. Stay tuned.
you think you can get real news about Israel? From major news sources located far away from Israel? Think again. Get it from the source. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight Where talk. Where from the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, Bruce Brill here from Nokdim, Israel, in Judea, the homeland of the Jews. And I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller with special guest host, Mr. Lenny Goldberg. Lenny, what's going on? Not much. Just I'm hanging out with you now. All right. Are you off your uh, rant? <laughs> I, I've calmed down. I've calmed down now. Okay. All right. Good. Excellent. Um, well, here, let's start it off. I got a great story. Um, well, it's not really. So apparently now, of course, everyone knows the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, the uh, Hamas, they're throwing up uh, rockets, right? You survived okay, Lenny? All the rockets? Oh, they mostly land in, you know, in, um, in the south. We're always safer in the Shomron. It's funny. It's ironic. But when Saddam Hussein in 91 in the Gulf War was shooting rockets in, people were running to the Shomron. And people from the south... We're also coming to us this time around, too. So they think like you and Shamron, you know, the Stochem, the territories are dangerous. Every time the rockets are falling, people are asking us, you have a place to hang out over there in Samaria? Uh, because they're landing in inside the Green Line. That's right. Well, apparently now, once again, there is a ceasefire, another ceasefire, <laughs> where, <laughs> where Israel ceased to fight back. And the Arabs keep firing. That's the definition of a ceasefire. <laughs> it's such a disgrace. It really is. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, what happened to the IDF? What happened to the IDF? I don't know. <laughs> is it the, isn't it the same IDF that won the Six-Day War? We just celebrated the Six-Day War. They can't take care of a couple of thugs in Gaza? That's right. It's, I know. It's, it's sad. It, it, it's unbelievable. It, I think also the ceasefire happened because the Arabs ran out of missiles. <laughs> They're like, oh, we have no more missiles, so let's stop fighting. We call, call up. Why are they having Egypt? Egypt's like, Egypt is the the negotiator. Call up Egypt. Tell them we ran out of missiles. We have to have a ceasefire until Joe Biden cashes his next check to us. Then we will continue to fire again. <laughs> That's the ceasefire. When they run out, they decide to ceasefire. You can only blame us, right? You can't blame them. They're doing what they should be doing. I, I would I would agree to that. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. You are correct, Lenny Goldberg. Um, here's another good story um, that I found. This is really funny. Um, so, of course, you know, 
in America. We are going through, it's going to be an election year next year, uh, 2024. So they're already ramping up everything. So, of course, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, he's going to run for president again. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the article. This never works for me. Of the, uh, hold on a second, people. I will find it. Ah, here we go. So apparently Trump was in Florida, and this is where, besides Israel, this is where also the Jews call uh, home, <laughs> Florida. Trump was on a golf course, Lenny, and uh, he saw a bunch of Jews <laughs> on the golf course. He was playing golf, and it says here, Trump tells Israelis, says, I gave you the Golan Heights. We gave you Golan Heights. Remember that, Trump tells Jews on a golf course. <laughs> And there's a picture of him driving like in his golf cart. And apparently he saw Jews. And I guess they were like, you know, screaming for him or cheering him on. And it says here, uh, Donald Trump on Thursday passed a group of Jews on a golf course in Miami and told them that he gave Israel the Golan Heights. I gave you the Golan Heights, the greatest heights of all time. I've, I've never seen heights this big, but I gave them to you. <laughs> it says noticing the group and their excitement to see him, Trump turned and waved. And his exact quotes were, Golan Heights. I gave you Golan Heights. Remember that. We gave you Golan Heights. Have a good day. <laughs> and then he drove off. <laughs> well, that's classic Trump. You know, a lot of bravado. And But, you know, he likes to have, a, he likes to have fun. You know, I'm, obviously there's a lot of bravado there. But he's having a good time, you know. He, another guy wouldn't even talk to them. And I think there was a certain amount of recognition you got to give him for what he did while he was president. I don't think there was a better president for Israel or for the Jews than, than Trump. So I don't trust him, I don't love him, but you gotta, you gotta give him credit for those four years. I mean, he he, he turned off the the, uh, the faucet of the Hamas right away. Yeah. And there was a lot less terror, and Biden put it right back on. I just but love the fact that he's playing golf and he sees Jews and he stops to tell yeah. them, I gave you the gold classic. <laughs> it's classic Trump. I just, I just love that story. It's just, you know, it's just so Trump. <laughs> Don't forget, I gave you the Golan, the greatest heights <laughs> ever. I wish I could do a Donald uh, Trump impression, but I can't. Um, you're not Alec so, Baldwin. Thank God you're not Alec Baldwin. He does a great Trump impression. Look what happened uh, to him. Oh, uh, he does. He does. Yeah, he's yeah. He murdered someone. <laughs> um, so yes. So the people have spoken, Lenny. So I need to tell more stories about uh, Israel. So. Um, <laughs> Here's another good story. You're going to love this. I don't know if you go ahead. Steve, that, you want... It should be it shouldn't be a problem finding funny stories about Israel because we're living in Helm anyway. Helm. <laughs> there should be no shortage. Just funny stories. Yeah. Um, here's one. Uh, this this one. I, I don't know if you saw this one, uh, but let me know what you think about it. Uh, this is uh, this comes from the uh, Israel National News. It says here. This is great. It says an Iraqi cleric accuses the Mossad of killing an Imam Ali 1,300 years ago. <laughs> Did you hear this? No, I didn't hear that one. <laughs> it says pro-Iranian Shiite cleric in Iraq says Israel's Mossad agency is to blame for the death of Muhammad's successor, Ali, in the year 661. <laughs> um, it says here uh, he's a prominent uh, Shiite Muslim. And uh, he accused the Mossad of going back in time, getting in their time travel. Apparently, they uh, the Mossad has uh, 
has um has um what do you call it acquired uh doc brown from uh from back to the future to get into his delorean go back 1300 years and kill this uh iman <laughs> so i could just see a bunch of israelis you know hey, listen doc brown we we saw the movie with back to the future with michael keaton uh, excuse me, with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, we would like to use that DeLorean to go back three, 1,300 years and to, to kill this imam. He's like, <laughs> absolutely. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> back to 1,300 years. Um, the guy's name, it says here, uh, uh, it, says, uh, K, uh, it says, during a recorded lecture last Wednesday, uh, Kahazeli repeatedly blamed the Jews for killing off Ali ibn Abi Talib. That was his name. Don't, I love those names. Ali ibn Abi Talib, uh, the fourth caliph of Islam and the first imam in Shiite Islam and Ali's son, Hassan. It says Ali was murdered in the year 16, uh, 6, 661, excuse me, 661 by a fellow Muslim working on behalf of a political rival. His son, Hassan, the second imam of the Shiite clan, was assassinated by poisoning nine years later. <laughs> wow. Apparently, apparently the Mossad was, uh, you know, they, uh, they went back in time and did it. Do you believe that? <laughs> Listen, I think it's great to, because you, you, want the, you want the world to fear Israel. You know, let the legend grow. Even though it's not true, and probably well, this, the Mossad is more like the FBI or the CIA. It's like impotent, like in America. And yeah. politicized and very politicized, but let the world think that we're awesome because like they look at the Jewish state. Wow. So let the legend grow. Let them make up all these stories. It's only good for us. I love it. I, I agree with you. They, the Israelis should have said, that's right. And we have <laughs> we have the, the, the DeLorean and we're going to go back in time and we're going to kill all of your uh, whatever. <laughs> if we're Doc already Brown. at it, Doc if Brown we're already at it, we can go get Muhammad. That's right. So it says here the video drew criticism and mockery from Arabic-speaking social media users <laughs> who noted that the Mossad did not exist in the 7th century. <laughs> Tell the Arabs this. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Hey, Lenny, I could use a DeLorean right now. <laughs> Any quick stories in the last two minutes? Did you want to share something real quickly? Oh, me? No, you're the guy with the stories. I'm just your straight man. <laughs> you're not so straight, buddy. <laughs> anyway, are you going to learn Thursday night all night long? I'm going to try. Okay, but, I, see, I'm going to learn. It's, it's a double-edged sword because it, then everybody falls asleep during the davening, you know, when you're supposed to daven and pray in the morning. That's right. Everybody, so gonna... everybody falls asleep. That's right. So what I'm doing is I, I, I go to this uh, Orthodox community and uh, this Kolel, and we're going to study. They're going to have classes and shiors all night long. And then at 4.30 in the morning when it's technically sunrise, that's right. then we're going to we dive in shacharis, and then we all pass out. That's <laughs> how you do it. That's how you do it. And a lot of ice cream and potato chips during the night, you know, keep you going. Cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Keep it, keep you nice and fat. Um, anyway, so that's that's what I'm going to do. Um but we do have a – God, I can't believe we only just did that one story. We have so many stories here. I've got so many good stuff. I just got to zip through them. Um, so uh, please, when we get back, I promise I'm going to go right through so the ratings can stay up. The ratings are good now. Lenny Goldberg is with us from the Jewish Truth Bomb, everybody. 
So please don't go anywhere. Stick around or we'll go back into our time machine with Arnold Schwarzenegger and take care of it. <laughs> uh, am I done yet? 30 seconds is a very long time. Ah, here we go. Keep talking. All right. Folks, we'll be right back. Stick around for our final segment. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Be smart. Listen to Israel News Talk Radio in the background while you work and get the latest news and commentary from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Shalom, this is Nadia Matar from the Sovereignty Movement. At a time when there is so much disinformation, you have to know who to listen to to know what really is going on in Israel. Israel News Talk Radio is a radio where you can know that what you hear is the truth. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Hello, listeners. My name is Gila Perach Hirsch, and I live in Israel, and I love it here because in Israel, I can feel the hand of God brushing my cheek. Hi, my name is Arnie. I'm from Jerusalem, and I love Israel because it's my happy place. My name is Hannah. What Israel represents for me, freedom to be who I am, and all the other amazing things that small country had accomplished. It just makes me so proud. Thank you, Israel. Hi, my name is Morris Klein from Melbourne, Australia, and I love Israel because I'm Yisrael Chai. Hi, this is Michal from London originally, Nanatania. The reason I love Israel, I would probably say Israel, where every Jew feels at home. Hello, this is Harold from Jerusalem, Israel. I love living in Israel because my inside life and my outside life are one and the same, and they blend smoothly and uniformly with each other. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. (laughs) 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 Welcome back, everybody, to our third and final segment. I hope you're enjoying the show. My special guest host, because uh, Roya is not here today, Mr. Lenny Goldberg from the Jewish Truth Bomb is here. How are you, Lenny? That was a bomb. Oh, my God. Can you imitate a bomb? Can you do that? Sound effect? Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because lately when I've been listening to the show, our producer just randomly (laughs) did sound effects, so I have no idea. But I can't hear the sound effects, so sometimes I talk over the sound effects, and people can't hear my my magic. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, here's some uh, 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 a quick a little blurb of like quick like three four sentence stories that are just really ridiculous um it comes from um this paper called the week i don't know what it is um hold on let me see where it's going it says here uh oh boy i lost it oh no oh no i lost it I lost what I was going to say. There was a really funny story in here. Oh, here it is. Um, 
Here's one. <laughs> it says here, uh, apparently in England, a zoo is hiring people to dress up as birds to scare away seagulls. <laughs> it says here, Blackpool Zoo, uh, which is in England, Blackpool, uh, the zoo posted the uh, an advertisement for seagull determined, uh, deterrence after a spat of food thefts from visitors and enclosures. So it says here, um, it says at a Blackpool Zoo, it goes without saying that we love all animals. And as a seaside resort, Blackpool is not short of seagulls. So apparently this is by the ocean. So apparently the zoo has hired a, people to dress up as eagles and try to scare the seagulls off. This is what's going on in England. <laughs> and there's a picture of a guy here in a big blow-up seagull outfit. <laughs> it says, the seagull deterrent must be comfortable wearing a bird costume. This is in the advertisement when they're looking for people. <laughs> you must be comfortable in a bird costume. <laughs> and they're going around the zoo and scaring off seagulls. <laughs> it must be what hot in there. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the problems in England right now. <laughs> Um, and I'm trying to find this other story here because uh, I, I, I want to try to zip through this as quick as possible. But you know what's funny? Some of these, um, some of these uh, stories, they, they, it's like they tease you. They say, okay, read our story, and then you try to click on it, and then it says, oh, uh, we, we can't – you have to, like, uh, register to be our story, to, to, to read the story, and then you can't access it. Um, but here's one. It says here, uh, you know the actor Tom Hanks? Sure. Okay. Uh, so Tom Hanks apparently said, because everyone loves a Tom Hanks movie. Do you love Tom Hanks? Do you love seeing his movies? Until I heard his politics, I liked him. <laughs> Everybody loves Forrest Gump. My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. Anyway, Tom Hanks apparently says that even when he passes on to the next world, that through the through the technology of artificial intelligence, his he can star in movies even when he's dead. They just recreate him on the screen and they can create a whole movie. How awesome is that? We'll never see the end of a Tom Hanks movie, even when he's six feet under, babe. Wow. That artificial intelligence is a scary thing. That's right. Um I wish they can have some artificial intelligence for Arabs or for Hamas, <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> anyway, no, but you you really don't know what the truth is anymore. You know, there's so you, you with all the information without that, you don't. There's no nobody knows what's going on anymore anywhere. You think people would know more? Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got access to news and internet, and because there's so much information out there, nobody knows what's going on. Do you know what's going on in Ukraine and Russia? Really? I don't think anybody really knows. I don't, but Ukraine is listening. Hello, Ukraine. Duck, Maybe they can quick. tell us. Maybe Duck. that person can tell us what's going on. Yeah, hey, if you're from the Ukraine, why don't you give us a call and tell us how do you have internet? <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> – how's the war going? I don't even listen. I don't even – I don't even – it's like out of my uh, my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, oh, here's 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 a story. Now, this is a little upsetting. Tell me if you've heard this. This comes also from right out of Israel. I'm given what the people want. It says TV host said that the Haredim suck blood. <laughs> Did you hear this one? Wow. Hello? Well, you know, this. Um, I hear it all the time. You know, there's a real, let's say there's a real cultural war going on in Israel. Always was. And what kind of country it'll be. 
So the secular leftist liberals, they, they don't want a Jewish character in the state. So they look at the Haredim as representing that, and uh, they call them bloodsuckers, you know? So uh, that's a real conflict there. You saw that in the whole judicial reform debate really is about that. You know, what kind of country will it be? Because the right-wing government is really represents that Jewish side, you know, the more traditional, not woke, not elite, you know, regular Jews, right. tradition. And so when you see stuff like that, it's all the time. There's always had a lot of uh, animosity towards the Haredi Jews and all the religious Jews, especially they don't do the army. They don't do the army. All well, they, I, there's they, a lot of religious Jews that join the army. What are you that's talking right. about? That's right. No, they, they are. But I'm talking about the Haredi Jews especially ah, okay. uh, who don't – they don't – a lot of them don't do it. And, uh, you know, well, you got a lot of – you got a big war between Jews today. Yeah. The, well, here. So television host Galit Gutman. Have you ever heard of her? Um, yeah. Okay. To the Haredi community after accusing them of sucking our blood. They were like, Dracula, you are Jewish vampires. I want to suck your blood. Hello, Galit, come over here while I suck your blood and all the Jews. Uh, it says here, um, she's accused them of sucking our blood and milking secular society. Uh, yeah. Can you see a Haredi guy? I want to milk you. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's so ridiculous. I, 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 it's just, you know, she goes, I would like to apologize from the depth of my heart. If I hurt an entire sector, Gutman said, I love the state of Israel. And out of concern for its future, I have a lot of criticism for the Haredi sector representatives in the Knesset. But my words were said within a discussion of the state budget and the property tax fund. Sounds like a boring conversation talking about the state budget and taxes. And she's like, oh, by the way, uh, the Haredis are vampires and they're milking our society. Oy. So she wanted to apologize to all the people she hurt. Now, let me, I guarantee that the Haredi probably don't even know who she is and have no idea what she said and they could care less. What do you think? Yeah, they're pretty much in their own bubble and rightfully so. You know, if why be exposed to all that stuff? So the Haredi community is very much in a bubble, which is a disadvantage. You don't know what's going on. But on the other hand, they don't want their kids poisoned by all the crap that's out there. But, you hey, know, I say, I'll, I'll say one thing about the Haredi. They live very simple lives. You know, they're not you, – you go to their, their communities, their cities. They live very simple. You know, and so – and a lot of them do the army. It's a lot of stereotypes. So I, I won't I – won't, you know, this is stuff out of Nazi Germany with you know, bloodsuckers. If you were reading stuff about the Third Reich, you'd hear that kind of thing. And here you're getting it from other Jews. It's a sad state of affairs. In the words of a famous truck driver who got beat up, can't we just all get along? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that guy? I remember the saying. Yeah. yeah. Can't we just all get along? Yeah. So now there's Jewish vampires and they're milking society and it's low-fat milk and, you know... <laughs> Non-fat, too much milk, not enough milk. I mean, come on, Galit, just keep your pie hole shut. <laughs> You're right, though. The Haredi live simple lives. I love that. I want to live a simple life. I live a simple life on a mental level, but not on a physical level. I'm very simple, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I don't know how simple you are. I'm like Simple Jack. Our viewers think I'm very simple. They don't care about my personal life. We only want to hear about the Israel. Who cares about your divorce, Stephen? Anyway, we'll move it along. I hope the ratings go up. I, I would like to ask our producer, are we higher than the truth bomb? <laughs> 
Because I didn't know if we were like the worst show on the network. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Okay. No, 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 uh, no, uh, no problems there. Uh, here's a here's a crazy story, not Israel related. This is uh, I would tell me what you think of this. It says man is indicted in theft of a wi- of the Wizard of Oz ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland. Apparently, there's a guy. Uh, a man has been indicted by a grand jury on charges of stealing a pair of the ruby red slippers worn by Judy Garland in the famous Wizard of Oz movie uh, from 1939. Federal prosecutors in North Dakota say. The shoes were stolen in 2005. They were recovered in 2018, and there was an FBI sting operation, but no arrests were made at the time. And then it said a guy by the name of Terry Martin was indicted Tuesday with one count of theft of a major artwork. Prosecutors announced Wednesday the indictment did not provide any further information about Martin and online records. Uh, do not list list an attorney for him. So apparently, this is what the FBI is doing since 2005. They're putting together sting operations for probably, as you would say, a homosexual who stole the red ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz. This is our FBI, everybody. How funny is that? Wow. Well, there's no place like home. <laughs> hi Oh, look at Lenny with the zinger. Uh, yeah, so the shoes were stolen in 2005. They were recovered, oh my God, 12 years later from an FBI sting operation. This is what was going on. Uh, unbelievable. This is, this is uh, do you think? Uh, no, I, I think wonder... he stole it. I think he stole it because it's a collectible. You know, he wants to sell them. Memor- memorabilia. I think he wanted to try them on. I love Judy Garland. Do you think he's staying up all night with his rainbow flag studying Torah? What if this guy was Jewish? <laughs> would that be an abomination, stealing Judy Garland's shoes? <laughs> oh, yes, it would be. Aye. So anyway, so that's that story. <laughs> I just thought that was funny that the FBI has spent 12, 13 years on a sting operation to find the ruby slippers. Hey, I'm going to get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> Oh, what a classic movie. Okay, we'll move on. You don't care, do you? Remember when you'd be in those days that when we watched The Wizard of Oz and it would be on once a year, you couldn't access it or on a video, and everybody would sit around in the living room and watch it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was like an event. Today, everything's too accessible. You can see anything you want at any time. It almost loses its specialness to it, you know? That you don't make any effort anymore. That's true. You can always access everything. Here, here's another story. Uh, this says a lot about Americans. Now, this is probably something that maybe you would talk uh, on the Jewish truth bomb. Maybe it doesn't have to do with Israel, but it does have to do with Hashem. It says here, does God exist? Only half of Americans say a definite yes. Uh, <laughs> this is a really a sad state of affairs because uh, it says only half of Americans now say that they are sure God exists. I'm sure that God exists, man. I know I saw I saw him when I was making toast and I put my jelly on the toast. I saw I saw a face of God in my smucker's jelly. <laughs> it says here uh, the find this comes from the general social survey. I don't even know what that means. Uh, it says the general social survey stands out among several nuggets of new data about religion in America. 
And it says here, Lenny, not quite 50 percent of Americans say they have no doubt about the existence of God. According to in 2022, uh, which was released uh, Wednesday, I guess they did this survey last year and it came out this year by uh, this survey by this company called NORC, N-O-R-C, the University of Chicago Research Organization, as recently as 2008, uh, shared that uh, back then. 60% 60% of people in America believed in God. So it's gone down 10%. <laughs> and it gives all these uh, numbers here. It says an, uh, another, uh, another research said that 20%, 27% of Americans claim no religion. Um, and it says here that the report tracks a historic decline in the nation's Christian population. I don't know what's happening to the Christians here in America. It says especially among white people. <laughs> Where are the white people at? Where the white Christians at? Uh, so anyway, well, you know, that makes sense. You know, when you talk about the deterioration of the fabric in America and the morales and just the whole decadence of the society, that's a correlation to no God in your society. You know, the founders had the God in God we trust. It's important to believe in God. It grounds you. It gives you a conscience. I can't do what the heck I want. There's somebody watching me. That's right. And if you don't have that, you know, you do what you want. And it's we're moving to that communism leftist. It's in the schools. You can't talk about God, and if you don't have something above you, then that kind of explains why America's going down. Part of it. I love. I love that Lenny is the uh, he's the voice of truth. Uh, they 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 talk about everyone here, but they miss a certain religious group. It talks about Christians. It talks about evangelical prosit prosit pros. How do you say this word? Protestants. Protestants. It talks about white Catholics. What about black Catholics? I think it's very racist. <laughs> but not once does it mention the Jews. It's all everybody except the Jews. Isn't that interesting? They don't even talk about the Jews. They talk about church membership, church attendance, and belief in God has all declined in the, uh, declined in the pandemic years. Of course it declined because they were telling people not to go to church. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Listen, um, if the if the Jews were in that statistic, we wouldn't be looking too good. We'd probably bring the, the the percentage of non-believers up. Jews are also, you know, way out. They're they're, they're leading the charge. Lenny, say it isn't so. No, it's sad. Well, you got to get the truth bomb out, and you got to get you got to get all these people to listen to Lenny Bibles or Lenny Goldberg's Bible class on Spotify. And by the way, we, we're talking a lot about David in the book of Shmuel, and David's very connected to the holiday of Shavuos because he was born and passed away on Shavuot, and we oh. read the book of Ruth, and she's yes. the great-grandmother of David. So he's very much part of the Chag of Shavuot. And so, um, you know, all our classes in Shmuel, that's basically, he's the major character there. If you want to learn about King David, that's the book. Really? Sure. It's not the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms are his writings. But if you want to read about the stuff he did, the stories about him, that's uh, that's the book of Shmuel. The book of Samuel is great. I've read it by myself, and now I'm relearning it through your classes on uh, on your on your your podcast. And I really highly recommend it. Seriously, people, I love King David. He's my favorite man in the Tanakh. I love Psalms. I love anything King David. This is the guy that the Jews need to emulate, a scholarly warrior, right? I take that from you. You coined that phrase, that's right. didn't you, Lenny? Well, that's that's why we learn Bible in the first place, to learn about the original Jew before the exile, 
He was a scholar warrior like King David. He writes Psalms and then he goes out and kills Goliath. That was the Jewish way. And we kind of lost that along the way. He killed a lot of people, babe, not just Goliath. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's what I love. That's what I tell these guys, a lot of these anti-Zionist religious Jews. I say, you know what? You you, you learn the Tanakh. You love Talmud. You love all this in the Torah and and King David Psalms. But you know what? You got to emulate King David. This guy, not only was he a tzaddik and he was a Torah scholar, but this guy, if you crossed him, man, he would cut your head off in two seconds for, for to sanctify Hashem's name and the land of Israel. And that's why I love King David. That is one bad Tuchus. He's a bad Tuchus Jew. <laughs> yep, he's our model. Yes. I love King David. He's my hero. He's my hero. Anyway, uh, moving on, gang. Uh, here's a short little entertainment news which I think you'll enjoy. Are you familiar uh, with the uh, singer Ishai Rebo? A little bit, sure. He's big in Israel and he, over the world, I think. He, he's a, I think he appears in America a lot, too. Well, actually, here you go. It says, here's an article I found. Israeli singer Ishai Rebo to headline his first concert at Madison Square Garden. Wow. That is huge. It says here, Orthodox singer Ishai Rebo announced this week that he will headline his first concert in New York City's Madison Square Garden. He's 34 years old. He put it on his Instagram. It's going to happen on September 3rd. Uh, and he writes, uh, he writes it in Hebrew, but they translate it. It says, I've been holding this inside for a long time. And more than once, I pinched myself to check if I was dreaming or if this is true. Baruch Hashem, it appears that both responses are accurate. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about his life. Apparently, it says here, uh, it says he's a religious Zionist. I love that. It says the Religious Zionist Youth Organization. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, he is a religious Zionist, but the youth organization, B'nai Kiva, and uh, in the United States and Canada, they're co-sponsoring this performance. And it says here, Rebo is not the first Israeli to take the stage at Madison Square Garden. A guy by the name of Shlomo Artsy. Have you heard of him? But he's the biggest, you know, he's like the Bruce Springsteen of Israel or something like that. Yeah, doesn't his voice, I think I've heard of him uh, sing. He sounds like he smokes 10 packs of cigarettes a day. He's got that horse kind of voice. He's like Springsteen, you know, a little, the Israeli version. Also, you got a lot of this. Born (laughs) in Judea, I was born (laughs) in Judea. That's how he sounds. He no, sounds but he's like not. A, he the problem is a leftist, so he would never sing that. But it's a good imitation oh, he's, anyway. He's a leftist. Oh, he's all of them are, except for Rebo. Rebo's a great guy. You know, you say Rebo. I've heard him interviewed. He's got a message. Yeah, talking about Artsy. He's a big leftist. Yeah, big. Oh, wow. slow Artsy. He's a I classic. Unfortunately, all the entertainers are. You know, it's part of the. It's like Hollywood over here. But oh. Rebo's different. I mean, he's a religious, like you said. And I've heard him interviewed. He's a good guy. He's humble. And he's got a good message to, to, to the people when he's interviewed. He comes with a message. So yeah. he's a good guy. It says he was born in France. His family made Aliyah to Israel when he was eight years old. They lived in Kafar, Kafar Adumim. And his, uh, his parents are Algerian and Moroccan Jews. And Ribu grew up in a Haredi family. Wow. And he released his first album in 2014, and four of his five albums achieved gold certification. Oi! Good for him. Well, I would love to see him uh, in uh, New York. So if are there are any of our listeners in America, go see Ishai Rebo because I listen to his music. He is incredible. 
if he could survive Manhattan in the Madison Square Garden without a bodyguard. Yeah, yeah that's true. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, is there, do you have anything before we close out the show? Uh, do you have any, like, uh, is there, is there, did I, did I miss something from you? Do you want to share something? Did you have like a news story or anything at all or no, that was it? I think that was it. I could end with a little Devar Torah. I used to hear Rabbi Kahana say that's connected to Chagash Fuot. So there's, oh, I would love for you to end the show. Uh, how, now how long can you do this Devar Torah? Just so no, a couple can... minutes real quick. Okay, go ahead. We're we're gonna end the show with Lenny Goldberg's giving us the Devar Torah, connecting it to uh, Shavuot since we're celebrating it this uh, week, and we're all gonna be learning Torah till four or five in the morning with our Gay Pride flag parades. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, actually, this is Rabbi Kahana's Devar Torah. He used to say it when he spoke to camp uh, to kids on the college campuses. He used to often end with this little Devar Torah which I think is appropriate for Chagash Force, for the holiday Force. So the, this, it goes like this. Okay. It says in the Midrash that God wanted to give the Torah on a mountain and all the highest mountains, Mount Everest, you know, they all said, put it on, give it on my peak. I want the honor. And God said, no, I'm going to give it to Sinai, Mount Sinai. Why? Because he's humble. He's low. He's not a high mountain. He's a low mountain to teach Jews to be humble. So the Rebbe Migur, who's a great rabbi, he asked the question, if the lesson was to teach the Jews to be humble, then why not give the Torah in a valley? That's low. So, Because a God wanted to teach two lessons. Be humble, but don't be too humble. We're mountains. We're humble mountains, but you don't step on us. We're not valleys. So that's the, that's the balance. A Jew's got to be a mountain, but not an arrogant mountain. That is, you, if somebody insults you personally, you got to let it go. But as, but as a Jew... If you're insulted, you got to stand up for yourself. And we're proud to be Jews, and we got national pride, and we're the chosen people. So we're mountains, but you know, not arrogant ones. Wow, I love that, Lenny. Dropping another Jewish truth bomb on Lighten Up. <laughs> I love it. That's right. I think the moral of the story of Shavuot is from this Devar from Rabbi Kahana. And if I can try to keep it as clean as possible, not just be humble, but don't take crap from anybody. <laughs> right? That's Is that right. what the rabbi's saying? That's right. He didn't take crap from anybody, did he? Again, especially when you're, when you're being attacked as a Jew, not as, as, as Steve Miller or Lenny Goldberg. So, you know, somebody takes your parking spot. If your neighbor's bothering you, you're not supposed to – you're not supposed to – you know, swallow your ego on those situations. But let's say somebody calls you a dirty Jew. Yeah. Somebody knocks you in that way. Then then he's insulting your people. And on that, you stand up strong. And that's wow. the balance. I love it. Way to end the show on something that's kick-ass, baby. Thank you very much, Lenny, for filling in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. A pleasure. Have a beautiful Chag. Happy Shavuot. Chag Sameach. I love you all. Shavuot Tov. <laughs>